Broadcasting from Hollywood, California. It's Grant's Rants, Hollywood Talk. Scientology gets pulled into Hollywood's web of sexual assault allegations. Camille Grammer is winning at life. And we have a first look at Vanderpump Rules and MTV's Florabama Shore. My co-host Evan Sleet and I prep one another for the Atlanta Housewives. That and much more now. Let the ranting begin. I am joined by writer and friend of The Real Housewives and friend of The Real Housewives podcast. Very <laughs> in with them. Evan Sleet is joining me. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining me via Skype today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. We'll have to do a proper get-together uh, in person. It's just been a crazy week, so oh, thank you. From Reality T and After Buzz TV, it's me, it's Grant's Rants, and uh, we've got a great show. Um, Evan, you know, he's always popping up. I notice on iTunes, um, your, your podcast, Friends of the Real Housewives, is always coming up as like a recommended around the Afterbus shows and around my show. So it just makes sense that we're in the same universe. You know, we might as well be talking, you know, together, right? I totally agree. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to thank you for reaching out to me too, just because, you know, we've had a lot of people on our show from other Housewives podcasts or reality show podcasts. And it's always really cool to get to talk to people and, you know, hear about their shows and what they do. But this is actually the first time I've been invited on someone's show. So oh this God. has been a, an honor. So I thank you for that. Of course. Well, my pleasure. I mean, believe me, I know how it is. I mean, I've been, this is the goal this year. And I've been saying this on all the shows that I've, all the shows, all like one and, and yours is the second one. But I've pushed all year to be able to try to just, you know, support one another and, you know, just transfer audiences and just kind of transfer thought about the same things. And it, yeah, I mean, it, it isn't the most, um, <laughs> like, uh, what can I say? It's that's not always the easiest to be able to connect with other people and have them go- give both ways. Does that make sense? No, that totally makes sense. And I, you know, I've, since you reached out, I was able to listen to your show and I've become a fan. Uh, so that's been really cool. And really, thank you. I've been listening I love to that yours you, as well. You say, Oh, good. <laughs> I have. Well, I do, I've, been, good. I've been doing like some like I, I say yard work. I mean, I live in an apartment complex, but I've been like putting away like pool toys and stuff. So I listen. I'm never I'm outside. I always listen to your podcast like when I'm doing stuff like raking or whatever. <laughs> but go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's cool. I mean, whatever. I, I have a huge commute right now. So like your show has been awesome. I'm like, OK, cool. Like he's very energetic and will wake me up. And it's been great. Oh, great. I um, love that. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I appreciate you say a lot on the on your show too. how, you know, you, you've kind of explained that you wanted to reach out to other their shows because you know we are really all in this together and i'm very adamant about that too um and so it just was cool like hearing you talk about how you wanted to you know make a community out of it i think that's really important for especially for reality show stuff yeah um so i yeah i'm just i'm just stoked to be here you know, <laughs> right. I'd love to have you. I mean, we've been looking forward to this. Like, you know, we've been messaging, so it's um, it's finally here. So yeah. you and I, beyond beyond the Housewives universe, beyond Bravo, sits a large blue building in Los Angeles, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's uh, for those who don't know, it's the the Scientology building, and um, Hollywood sexual allegations and scandals are now converging with Scientology. Here we go. I mean, it was inevitable, right? I mean, is this a Absolutely. surprise? No, I mean, this is, I mean, I've been waiting and waiting for this day. Uh, the, just like I was waiting for the day at Aaliyah Remini to say, like, I'm no longer a Scientologist and I could actually fully love her again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, this was just, you know, waiting to happen. I know. I, I this show, 
I have to say, like, I I don't know anyone else that's talking about it. I don't see it on podcasts. There's very little on YouTube. There's a lot of former Scientologists talking about it. But, like, I can't get enough. In fact, I joined this. I was invited to join this closed group. And it's, like, all former Scientologists. And it's Mike Rinder's on there. And they're just sharing all this information and these articles from, like, these these sites from like the depths of the internet about information that's coming out over there. It's really interesting. Like I'm so deep into this. It's kind of a little sick. No, I totally get it. I mean that just you saying that I'm like, wait, how do I get in that group? How do I I, get? I'll tell you, I don't know how to, I don't know if I can approve of you, but I had to be approved and they said everyone gets approved, which I'm like, okay, well you need to vet people. Like you do need to vet for that. You need to vet like, cause there are so many friggin', you know, creeps out there from trying to get in. Oh yeah. There's, I mean, just watching the show, you see how scary the church can be, you know, and like, so simple, something as simple as this, like, I'm sure that they monitor it somehow or try to figure out how to infiltrate it. So yeah, they should totally be watching who gets in there. Yeah. So now there's, there's Danny Masterson, a Scientologist. I don't know who this guy was, but uh, everyone's going to find out about him now because uh, he's now facing four rape allegations or sexual assault. Three out of four of the accusers are Scientologists. And like everything else in Scientology, it's a suppressive act just to report a fellow Scientologist to law enforcement. So like everything else that we've seen that A&E has delivered to us, nothing will get done about any of this because they can't do anything. They're like stuck in this vortex of having to go along and put up and shut up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's sick how much stuff they get away with, just like, you know, kind of what's been going on in the media right now with the Weinstein stuff and everything. It's just you see how deep and how long things have been going on. But um, I'm glad to see that uh, one of the articles that we were looking at about the situation, they made it clear that the church kind of tried to say like, oh, you know, this whole thing was put up by Remini and she kind of got those people stirred up to say that they were mm-hmm. raped and, or were sexually harassed. But then they made the good point of, well, these actually, the allegations came out long before the show ever existed. So, you know, we, you know, how do you explain that at that point? But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just glad that these conversations can happen and I don't have any affinity toward this actor. Um, even if I did, obviously like what's important is that he gets, uh, you know, uh, put on trial or you know something happens to him because it's yeah. just it's disgusting uh how how much this happens you know that's the thing like in general with all these allegations it makes me a little nervous not because i've ever done anything but it's just like you know when with all these things every week it's a new director it's a new actor and who's to say if someone really wanted to screw someone that they could put something out there about someone that's untrue just to, and it just bleeds into the trend of all these men mm. being outed as predators. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's kind of a spooky time because you don't know, like if someone has an agenda against you, there's a lot of egos and a lot of hate in this business. Like, you know, I don't know, but this guy to, to your point, uh, with him being tried, he's got, um, Bill Cosby's attorney and Brett Ratner's litigator. So, I mean, it doesn't look good when you're starting, when you're going to Bill Cosby's people, it doesn't yeah. look good. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that reading that too, I was like, I feel like that kind of makes you guilty already just because it's like, oh, who should I go to for this? Yeah. Um, somebody who was convicted for the same thing. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? So bad. So yeah, the, the, the DA's office did say though, against this, this, what's his face? Masterson. They said that he, they have an overwhelming amount of compelling evidence, including forensic computer evidence. Like, I mean, you're screwed. I hate to tell this guy, but I'm well, not really, but I mean, 
This guy's oh, screwed. Yeah. I mean, he's got all this evidence against him. He's surrounding himself by these people, and he's got the church behind him, which already people just assume is just a major guilt factory. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't this, feel bad. No, I don't either. And this is so not, uh, you know, conditionary on what's going on. But I did, <laughs> like last year, I went to a taping of that show he's on right now, The Ranch, that Netflix show. Oh, yeah. uh, with Ashton Kutcher and uh, you know it's I don't know if you've been to a taping of like a sitcom before but they make you sit through every different take and yeah. uh, you know already sitcoms are not that funny in general and uh, this guy though he was not funny like every joke he gave I was like dude I don't know how you got on the show but you cannot deliver a line so I mean <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be missing out on him yeah. not being part of the business anymore after this so the ranch i thought that i confused that show with another one. i thought it was a single camera like out and out and about but i do remember looking at that because they it's funny like on netflix they're like things recommended that we think you'd love but it's like things that i would never ever watch but it's their new shows you know they want everyone to look at them so i put it on once and it was off within five minutes and i do remember it being multi-cam yeah those are brutal those can be like six hours sometimes start to finish because they load you in they make you wait you know you have to do all those takes over and over and then there's like some like union break and they throw t-shirts at you yeah there's some guy that comes out and he's like who's excited yeah it's like i don't care no let me leave (laughs) i i'm so glad i did that when i was young in like 1920 when i came out here like but yeah no i can't do that anymore something like bill maher i do because it's live and you're in and you're out but beyond that i can't sit through anything else like that Oh, absolutely. But my last thing I want to say about Scientology for me is living in LA, we get these ads on YouTube and they're always, they're paid by the church of Scientology. They're called like the aftermath or whatever. And they're trying to confuse people to think that it's A&E turning on Leo, which it isn't. But it's always like these really desperate ads. Do you see these? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I love them because it's like like one of them, they like recruited her father to go on and like talk about how like she he asked her for money and she didn't give it to him. And then somebody else was just trying to like discredit her. And it's like they are so deadpan and so serious. And all it is is a commercial for me to remind me that I have to watch A&E. Like it's like, oh, shoot, oh, yeah. there's a new episode out. and I haven't seen it. So they're only driving me towards the content. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think on that same topic, I just want to touch on uh, on the show. I I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but Leah was talking about those stupid like promotional videos they would make to play to the patrons in the church. And I think they were like they ended up watching one together with like the group they were in. And she was just like laughing her ass off about like how, how cheesy they were and stuff and how it was like something like, you know, you could go and you know, like kill yourself, but that would be stupid. But so why don't you give money to the church? There's like something like that, like just a weird way to get people to spend money in the church. And I just loved her reaction to all of it, you know, like, and it's so true how cheesy the stuff is that I just don't understand how these actors that have to be around like, you know, good writing and like good cinematography can buy into this crap, you know? I don't get it. And like, they have a whole studio. They bought like the, the local like PBS station or whatever, like a local channel of like a little lot they have over in like Los Feliz, which is like East Hollywood. And it's like, 
they have like this is supposed to be if you go on their website it's like state of the art like everything's like up to date and like beautiful of like the best of the best like huge sound stages like what are you doing like what are you even producing that you need all this space for like we're not seeing yeah. anything coming out of there other than in all their videos like i'm guilty of watching like the the scientology like youtube channel and it's like all like that very like late 80s early 90s like upbeat piano music and it's like wide shots of offices and smiling people with holding the cans i mean it's like they're those videos like they could basically come out of like 1991 like the style has not changed like who's who is running this it must be like three guys you know and they must all be like 50 plus and just maintaining you know oh my gosh yeah like the the graphics they use alone i'm just like okay these are worse than like (laughs) You know, like the infomercials we have to see all the time for like, you know, J.G. Schmidt and stuff like, I mean, J.G. Wentworth and stuff. It's like it's crazy that somebody signs off and is like, oh, this looks pretty good. People will like this. Like, no, like, oh my God. stupid, <laughs> so stupid. Oh, uh, well, I must preface that. Look, Scientology works for some people, but it wouldn't work for me. And I'm just give, talking about what I'm given and what I'm reading in the, the outline. So don't come after me, period. All right. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but sure. I love those YouTube ads, though, because it's just a reminder that I have to keep up with the show. Like, they're not doing anything. I mean, there's nothing they could do, really, you know, to really paint her in a bad way. Like, they've, they've pulled out every card they've had. Her show, her shows, plural, do well. So there's nothing they can do. They can't touch her. I think Leah did a great job with because this season's a little bit different format than last season and i know you've talked about this on the show before but i like a lot that she's kind of covering specific sex and topics within the church mm-hmm. and this season especially has really focused on children and families and sexual abuse and i feel like when you have these kinds of things that are being exposed it's very difficult for a church to come out and say well actually no that's not really true it's like there's so much evidence there's so many people coming out and saying no this is the experience i had and they're pretty widely the same that it's hard to just have them all make that up, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, I don't know how you go back from this. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know how anybody goes like, well, actually, I'd like to hear their side of it. Like, I, I not really. Like, I don't yeah. I don't really know what else there is to say on your side. Well, that's it. It's very telling that they keep their mouth shut and they don't reply to really any of this except by attacking the individuals and their characters. But they, there's no... Like, show me the evidence that this is false. Show me the evidence that she's lying to me for two seasons worth of a show and making up all this stuff. Like, you know, they don't want to participate because by doing so, they give this credit. And so that's why they don't. But but yet, like, they're letting all this stuff be said about them. Like, I can tell you if I was uh, – if my name was out there – I would be speaking out, you know what I mean? Like if it was my name versus somebody else's, um, I'd be speaking out to protect myself. So the, the, the whole practice is so weird. It must be like, I think it's probably like under 50,000 people living in a bubble. I think that's what it is because I don't, yeah. do you know any Scientologists? I do. Yeah. You do. I do. I do. I know one. Um, I don't get along with them, obviously. Um, well, and yeah, I've you had- must be an SP to him. Oh, I've I've had many conversations before and I was like, I just kind of came away feeling like you are completely brainwashed and uh, delusional. And I hope that this works out for you in some form. But I just I this is before, you know, anything with the show or anything about that. I just had kind of known a little bit about it. Um, and I was just curious and just kind of asking, like, what is it exactly? Is it a religion or is it like a cult? You know, and oh, you uh, use the cult word. In front. Wow. Well, I, give you I some did credit. because I 
I just think that there's no reason not to be open and honest about it. If you're that passionate about something, you should be able to tell me like, actually, hey, that's not a cult. It's this and it's this and this and this. But they kind of just got defensive and told me all these things. And I said, well, that sounds like a cult. So I don't I don't know what to tell you about Good that for but you for being so honest. Yeah, I it does. I just I've had so many things in life of you know, of people in power just being very disrespectful or just abusing that so much. And that's just kind of the vibe I got from that whole movement. And so I just don't really have any respect for it. So I don't really come with, come to it or come to people that practice it with a lot of reverence, if that makes sense. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like it. I, it's uh, you're true to your word with that. Cause yeah, you're not being fake. You gotta be who you gotta be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, let's take a, a real right turn or a left turn, uh, and let's get into my rant of the day. Grant's rant of the day. My rant of the day is going to Camille Grammer, one of my favorites of all time. Oh, um, she's so good. So good. Season, no one can ever forget season one Camille. Like, this oh, man. Iconic. And uh, I, I just, I want to give her some credit. Usually my rant of the day can be a little bit of a, like, um, a jab or, you know, like analyzing someone. But no, this is a celebration. I'm celebrating Camille. She is engaged to a lawyer that she met in Malibu. So she didn't even have to leave her house, basically, to, like, find a new man. It's proof that Camille is is a goddess and uh that she is now receiving half of kelsey grammar's 401k apparently (laughs) um the divorce settled in 2012 and like imagine could you imagine just getting a call like like years after you were divorced like hey by the way we have a new development it's really good news for you you know you could be you know you're gonna make they say an additional 30 million dollars in you know on a payday because of your divorce that is just the gift that keeps on giving Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I was the same way. I was stoked to see that because this woman deserves all the happiness in the world. I mean, you know, she battled cancer too. Like it's, she's, she's had a lot. And, and I think there's, there should be something said, you know, outside of just her as a, as a person is that as a reality star, you know, she is unforgettable for the kind of villainous person she was in season one to then become, a very uh, down to earth and uh, just very <laughs> different person a, se- a season later. You know, it's just I've never seen that kind of swap. You know? I know, so I give her credit just for that alone. Well, it's it's inc- it's encouraging because we know that that's still in her. You know what I mean? She could yeah. still pull it out if she wanted to, but she's in a much different place than she was in that show. Because I think when she shot that show, it was two thousand eleven. Or even earlier than that, I think it was 10, because I was in college. So, like, a lot of time has passed. So, good for her for, you know, she don't forget, she had that really bad abusive relationship with that Grecian guy. Yeah. Remember? Yep. So, like, you know, she's really come out on top, and she's she's healthy and engaged and swimming in money in Malibu. Like, what more do you want? Like, she is winning at everything. So, I have to acknowledge her. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. She's a, I've talked to her a couple times and she's a really sweet person too. Um, and I, you know, just not to go too super off the rails or off topic or anything, but I, I kind of, when you look at other kind of villainous housewives and stuff, I feel like when I watch her again in season one, it's more of an insecurity than anything that I see. And that kind of comes off as just horrible behavior Mm -hmm. and and that kind of paints her as this like really bitchy person but she 
yeah, I, I, when I watch, just watch certain scenes, I'm like, oh man, you just really think people hate you or you think that you have to be really funny or something. And I think we're just seeing the worst side of her insecurities manifested on screen. Um, and you know, so I, I for, as a, compared to other people that I think are just horrible, awful people, like I, you know, we can maybe talk about Nini later or something, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't see, I don't see as many mean bones in her body as people like to remember she does, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I think she has a side to her. Like she'll, she'll come out and fight it for herself if she has to, but I don't think she's going to be outright mean and agenda driven, like said Atlanta housewife, but right, exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I just want to shout out camille like i have a, she's the only one that i have a picture of in my house me and her oh and that's the only one that i put on display because I, I i always enjoyed her but i don't believe that she needs to be on the next season of beverly hills i don't think they're in the place where they can have someone who plays like she doesn't play hardball anymore you know so i feel like she's great to have on but i think that we need to get that shape that cast in much better shape before we can add someone on of like her who's pro- probably not gonna throw down as hard this has been my rant of the day the only thing that i think that would be great for her to be on is that i know her and erica are pretty chill and so it would be cool to have erica be like oh you're gonna be in one of my shows honey and then she'll just go there and just be dancing in the background i would pay to see that actually oh my god that would be genius that's what she needs to do. Then that would be that would get her so much traction on the internet too, because the people would share that they they gif that or gif that. What I always say gif, but whenever I'm recording, I say gif. I don't know why. <laughs> I, in my normal life, I always say gif. Stupid. It's the the recording insecurities just kind of. Pop I think out. so. I is think it gif? So. Is I'll it? Say gif. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Stupid. Speaking of stupid. It. Speaking of really stupid. Also on Bravo, Vanderpump Rules. Now, we're going to give this a little bit of a first look. Did you look at this trailer? I did. I watched it a few times. Yeah, I saw it twice. That was enough. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like once is enough, so I totally get that. Yeah. Like, the thing with me is this show is so trashy, and I have tried and tried and tried with the show, and I was extremely turned off, and I've never recovered when they – remember that when they had the Beverly Hills Housewives transition over to Vanderpump Rules, and it was like literally open our mouth, shove down our throat that we had to watch, and it was like on the DVRs, and it said it was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and it was Vanderpump. Like, I – I so turned off by that because at that time I didn't know who any of those people were. That was the season when Sheena had like missing teeth, and I'm like, "What is this?" <laughs> what, the only thing that was good about that was the <laughs> tweets from Yolanda, um, and in her blog about it. I don't know if you remember this, but she tweeted like when they were doing the transition, she's like, "What is this? Why is this happening?" And then like <laughs> a couple hours later, she's like, "I don't understand. Why did they do this?" And then in her blog that week, I remember she even wrote something like. First, we open with the party. For some reason, these young people, I don't know, were there, but oh well. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> okay, this was worth it, I think. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. But okay, I now have a little bit more respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, Yolanda spun it in a positive way. But yeah, I yeah. totally get it. It was very abrupt. And you're like, oh, okay, so I guess we're all supposed to watch the show now. Right. I mean, look, I know who they all are, not personally, but I I mean, I've seen some of them out. They don't look good. Like, they look like they're, I mean, these are people you see it like on the floor at like 3 30 in the morning in a club. I mean, no one's going to look that amazing. I'm sure I wasn't my my finest hour either. But as far as the show goes, like, I know all of the people, like, the cast members and the names, like, who slept with who. And I've watched the last two seasons. But, I mean, it's not really my jam. Like, it's okay. But to me, it's just ultimate so, so trashy. And it's like, you know, here we go again. Lisa Vanderpump. Happy Pride. 
I'm like, yeah. is, do you have anything else? <laughs> Can you just do anything else? Like, we've seen this now for, like, like 10 years. You know what I mean? No, she's got a, pretty much her calling card is, like, high-waisted jeans with a big chunky belt and then walking around and saying, happy pride, and you're not good enough for me. You know, that kind of stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This, uh, so, it was trash. To me, it's like, she is, like... She should be embarrassed to be part of the show. If she's someone of such caliber and standing in the the philanthropic community, I don't know why she would want to be associated with these people who have the fight of the week and throwing drinks and, you know, being so crude. I don't know why she would be part of it. I mean, obviously, she's all about the the bottom line, the the almighty dollar. But it's like she when she's on, it's shot differently. She's always like well lit and she's having these these meaningful conversations about meaningless crap. It's like she's like having her own show on this Vanderpump Rules and then it's like the garbage hour with the rest of them. Yeah, no, it's so true. Like, yeah, the fuzzy lens comes out in, in high demand. Yeah, which is on the, screen. the Barbara Walters lens. <laughs> I hate Barbara <laughs> yeah, Walters. No, Anytime I can I, slam her, I will. I need to hear a full reason for this but because I'm intrigued. Uh, that is but, a full uh, episode. That is a fu- I, I, I have to bring out like evidence like old tapes from that that's all the whole thing but i don't i don't hate lvp as much as i despise barbara walters anyway (laughs) sorry that's a good that's a good soundbite no 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 i i'm just (laughs) i yeah someday i want to hear the story but um what i will say about vanderpump rules in general is i kind of i i kind of came late to the show as opposed to like housewives i started season one orange county back when it first aired and i've been on with all those shows ever since but Vanderpump Rules, I kind of had to be coerced to watch it. I think it was in like season three by that point. And I just kind of had heard like, oh my God, you would love it. It's like the hills. And I was like, oh, I loved the hills. So yeah, I'm all about this. Not at all like the hills, I'll say. Um, So that was very upsetting. And I don't really talk to those friends anymore. (laughs) But um, (laughs) uh, not really. I'm just kidding. But um, but yeah, I, I it's one of those things like I watch it now just because on on my show, it's a show that people love to talk about. So I kind of have to keep up. And most of the time, Joe and I just make fun of it. So I kind of have to look at it that way. But it's hard for me to watch a show that you said is like trashy. But also, it's hard for me to find anybody that I'm really behind. That totally. I'm like, I, this is my hero of the show. Because um, I can deal with a lot of horrible people. As long as you have somebody there that I'm like, okay, they're, they have their head together they're trying to get something done or they're, you know, trying to be a peacemaker, but everybody's just constantly like, you hurt my feelings or, you know, like yeah. you're summer, summer bodies. <laughs> it's a oh, I know. It's just like, yeah. I don't know. It gets, it gets overwhelming to the point that I just don't care, you know? Yeah. And like these promos, they're always a step behind because everybody knew that Lala was returning to the show. They knew it before last season wrapped. Like she already talked about it. So this, here we are about a year later and it's like, Oh, the big return of Lala. And it's like really not that, shocking like i think everybody saw that coming she talked about it publicly so it's like to me these promos with social media they're always like 10 minutes behind same thing with atlanta you know like we can already tell you like what is going to happen this season because it's all over the press i mean you know what i mean like it's kind of like a little bit behind. i know they have to have a promo but i don't know it's just the age that we live in like you can't keep up it's these shows that this take too long to come on i've noticed it's been extremely hard because like like you said it's been extremely hard for bravo i think to keep up 
with how much these people are on social media and how much stuff gets leaked through like page six mm-hmm. and even even like E, you know, like there's just always some story about like, oh, by the way, next season you're going to see this happen. So we kind of like you said, we you know, going in like, OK, so on Atlanta, like Nene and Kim are going to have a knockout drag out fight because of something that happened with the daughter and the, the Snapchat and stuff. Some and, roaches, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. That other I'm party member. Loving that. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, I, I'm excited because it's like, okay, cool. Like I want to see Nini have a meltdown. That's going to make her look bad. Um, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's tricky. Like even, I don't, I don't know if you heard about this, but have you heard the rumors about what happened at the orange County reunion? Um, when they filmed it, I heard one rumor about forgiveness from Shannon and, and Tamara forgave people. Uh, that was kind of the only thing, but it was like a bit of byline and I could never find the article again. So I know no details beyond that. Okay. Yeah. See, I've, I remember reading something about the same thing. And I also just heard through people that I know, one of my really good friends is boyfriend. Um, he actually edited the entire Vanderpump rules season, this latest one. Um, and, uh, he's done some orange County stuff too. And so occasionally I'll be like, Hey, like what's going on on the show? Like anything you can tell me. Um, and, um, I, I think the two big things I've heard is one, like you mentioned that there is a reconciliation between Tamara Shannon and Vicky, which, um, you know, they all need that. They all need that if they want to stay on the show, you know, in real life, I don't know if they'd bother, but as far as housewives chess goes, they have to. Absolutely. And then the other thing I heard was that Heather Dubrow is likely going to be coming back onto the show. Perfect. Which I'm okay with because I love Heather. Um, I, I know people are kind of divisive about her, but I think no, perfect. Like, she's great. You know, she, I, I've, I've loved her. I've hated her. And then I fell on kind of like last season, like a, a general like, um, you know, she's fine. Um, they better get that contract settled with her friggin' HOA where she lives because apparently she can't film in her neighborhood. Like they need to throw money at someone to do that because we we are owed this house. We need to see the house. And, oh like, yeah, you know, let her give her two cents. Kelly's a changed woman a little bit, so like you know, maybe maybe <laughs> her behavior is is passable enough. But I'm loving this conversation about that, looking at this reunion because I, God knows, as an OC viewer and anyone listening. We all need a little bit of hope. You know, we need some hope for the future. Yeah, I think my, I will say, like, just to kind of back you up on your Barbara Walters feelings, um, I, I, I always I always joke, and it's sort of a joke, that I started a Housewives podcast just so I could talk badly about Vicky. Um, and that's half true. <laughs> I, I've never disliked someone more in my life, I'll just say this. Wow. Um, and, I, and I have met her many times. I used to work at a retail store uh, when I was younger that she would come into all the time, and she was a monster. Um, so, uh, I just don't have any respect and I don't like when people are like, but she's an OG and she deserves respect. I'm like, no, you gotta well, earn me. that. That's me. That's me. I'm sorry, I'm, man. I'm a little I bit can't. of a loyalist, but look, I see the other side with these people all the time. Like, I know what you're saying. Like, I've heard the same things. I heard that Gina Keogh is a horrible interview and that she wants, she's like not interested in anything. She's just not fun person, but yet I love Gina. Like, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why I enjoy these lousy people, but to me, if I can, if they're, it's weird. It's like they're a terrible person when they close the door at night. But if they're fun on camera, I'm okay with it. Like, I, I guess I'm a fair weather fan in a way with, with Vicky, but <laughs> I don't know. I believe it though. I do believe it. You know, the ego is real. That all these housewives, especially when you're the OG of the OC and all that, I'm sure her ego is out of control. 
Yeah, no, it's I have some stories. Let me tell you, it's not even it's like beyond ego. I'm just like, OK, you should not be allowed in public, I feel uh. like. But um, yeah, so I mean, and I, I I understand what you're saying, because I think in a way it's good that we're able to look at them as sort of characters on the show, because if you think about it, like, I mean, especially for my show that I focus on Housewives, I would kind of be an awful person for just like just talking badly about people that I don't even really know, <laughs> yeah. but in a way they're kind of characters already, even though it's a reality show, quote unquote. Um, you're only so, analyzing what you're given, you know? Exactly. Like I can only go off of what I know. And I'm just also in the camp of like, I just don't think she's that interesting. And a lot of the editing for this season, I feel like is really fake for her. Like they're like, we're going to have you spill salsa on your boyfriend to be uh, funny. Like, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's it didn't a big, happen. A lot of people have talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> Salsa gate. I'm, I'm, we're like, we're very adamant. Joe and I both are very adamant that that was faked. So <laughs> very likely. Anyway, Vanderpump rules at Arizona on Monday, December 4th at 9 PM on Bravo, if you're interested. And if you want to hear, uh, Evan and I talk more about OC housewives, make sure you listen to me on their most recent episode over on friends of the real housewives podcast. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be taking a look at an old-slash-new show coming back to MTV. And then we're going to look at what we're getting into with the Atlanta Housewives. How you know What are we picking up from? What's going on? NeNe's there, and we're going to share our thoughts and opinions. That and more with Evan Sleed in a moment. You're listening to Grant's Rants. Subscribe and spread the word. There are a lot more rants to come. Listen anytime on all major podcasting platforms. And now, back to the show. And we're back talking with Evan Sleed from Friends of the Real Housewives podcast. And we're talking a lot of reality TV on this show. I love it. Yeah, it's been a blast. As, as it's such an e- you're such an easy guest to chat with. I feel like we could just go on and on. No, I know. I mean, I appreciate that. I feel the same way about you. So oh, I'm excited right. to uh, like hang out with you in person as like a friend. So that'll be nice. <laughs> I know. We really should do that. My God, can you imagine? We should go to like we can like go and spy on people at pump because I'm not ordering anything, but I'll like spy. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that's I do that. I I don't. I have an unofficial um, the hills tour that I do for people um, where I take them to all of the spots that they went to on the hills and all the places where major things occurred. Um, so I'm always down to go <laughs> to places like pump and sir. And I'm actually going to Villa Blanca in like a week with one of my cousins who's visiting. So oh, nice. I'm all about that. The, so. the only lo- location on the hills that I remember is Ledoux. Is that still a thing? Yep. Ladue is still a thing. It is. Yeah, I know it's on Las Palmas. It's like, (laughs) I know all about that. I feel you. That's the only thing I remember. Um, Anyway, so we we talked about Vanderpump Rules in the first half. And now we're going to talk about a group of equally trashy people. I'm just, I don't know any of these people, but I'm writing them off already. I mean, we're getting this Florabama Shore, whether we want it or not. Jersey Shore ended in 2012, and it was franchised internationally. How lucky they got to spread that to the world. And now they're <laughs> franchising it here again. Oh, at least years later, they have a new head of programming over there, and he's been trying to like bring it, bring everything back to the way it was in the heyday of MTV with like TRL, which like I think is getting like a point oh three. Like I mean like literally like like two people like the Midwest are watching it. Like no one's watching it. But they're trying. So here we go with this. It's a Panama City beach setting with eight episodes, all local southerners, and 
I mean, Adweek describes it as MTV. This is their. This is how Adweek puts it out there. They say, MTV's Jersey Shore reboot. Flora Bama Shore is packed with what else? Partying and fighting. So, what more do you need to know beyond that? <laughs> I guess so. I guess that's everything I should know about it. Like, I mean, that's the whole like substance. Like, I don't. I didn't even bother reading beyond that because I'm like, actually, I did, but it was just like. Everything I just said, like there's, there's really no press about it other than that it's coming. And then there's that commercial with like some like alligator phone. So, oh yeah, that's right. That's now, did you, did you watch Jersey Shore? Were you a, a fan? It's funny that you ask because that that show was when it was on its heyday. That was on when I moved from Rhode Island to California. So when the first two and a half seasons or one and a half, it was huge on the East Coast, like everybody was talking about it it was monstrous and then when i came out here nobody watched that show it was almost like it was very regional because it was like you know jersey east coast you know be like like the boardwalk community like all that so that's why i'm wondering if they're going to have as strong of an audience in the south yeah i don't know about that because i think it was such a big deal like you said but i didn't watch it and i didn't know many people that did so i always thought like who is watching this show that it's become like a pop culture icon. It's it's stepped out of reality TV kind of iconography and became just part of the like I would even say global culture, not even American culture. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting, like you said, it's interesting to see that they're going to quote unquote reboot it and do it with a different cast. I mean, maybe it'll do better, but I also feel like because it just seems like a trashy fighting show, they don't have any like I, at least I don't think so. I don't think anybody from the original show is going to appear on Oof, this show no, it's none, of, none of them need to they're overexposed and they're done yeah exactly so i don't know what the draw would be because there we have so many like i mean look at we tv or any or you know like all of those shows are pretty Ugh. much the show i yeah. mean just seems like the same kind of filming like low budget uh you know just really terrible no one cares about what's going on so yeah i don't i don't know it's it's seems like kind of gonna be a hit and miss from uh mtv yeah and it's not a good sign when these shows are eight episodes you know what i mean it's like um we couldn't get you couldn't squeeze out 10 or even 12 like does that mean that there's just not that much going on i can't imagine there's that much substance anyway i really don't have any interest in looking at it i think the people that do watch it that are interested they will watch maybe the first episode and then you're going to see it take a nosedive in the ratings i mean i would like believe me like i'm a huge advocate for reality tv and all this i would like the show to do really well for mtv but i just don't know i mean it's it's worth the risk. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it could. The thing is, is MTV typically has a pretty dedicated audience, uh, whether or not it's a show that would, you know, be a huge critical success. I think that they'll, you know, get it, like you said, probably like a huge viewing the first episode. And then it'll be interesting to see how much it peters off moving forward through those, you know, eight episodes. Yeah. So Sunday, at the time of recording the show, Atlanta Housewives returns for the next 92 weeks. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I think so. And the 92 weeks part freaks me out. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it really goes on. I mean, the four part reunion. I mean, it was last season, I think it was like 32 weeks or 25 plus. I mean, it, was, it was a lot. So I'm not ready, but. I do enjoy them. I always say on the show, this is my one housewife to just sit back and enjoy, and I look forward to it. I don't have to take any notes. Like, this is the one that I allow myself just to watch for the good and the bad of it all. You know, some of it annoys me, and some, like, like, I've been really annoyed by this Nini return, and now I'm, I'm going to have to, now it's coming to fruition. You know, I, I don't know how I, I know how I feel about it. Not very good. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I used to really like Nini a lot and I think she can be funny. Um, but I kind of, I'm kind of in the realm these days with, with the housewives that if I feel like you're obnoxious or just a kind of an awful person, it's hard for me to look past that. <laughs> um, and I, that could just be like a combination of how there's so much stuff happening in the business right now with like people being accused of things and you're seeing, you know, darker sides of people that it's hard for me to just kind of overlook stuff that I used to. Um, so she kind of falls squarely in that camp for me right now where I'm like, yeah, you can be funny, but I just don't care enough anymore to give you that pass. Same. I, yeah. I mean, she, she's got great gifts and all that stuff, but beyond that, like, I don't like people that are not humble. Like I've said this so many times, like she's just so not humble. Like, I don't know what to say. Like she takes herself so seriously and I just don't, I mean, I don't take myself seriously. I mean, she definitely shouldn't because she's a housewife. Like relax. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. She drives me crazy. But um, yeah, Portia now is all over her because she she had such a lousy season last season that now that Nini's back, she apparently has an opinion about the whole feud between Candy, Portia, and Phaedra. And, you know, Portia's not happy that Nini's inserting herself with any of this. And apparently Nini called for her to be fired. And I'm curious if they're breaking the fourth wall. Does that mean that Nini wants her to be fired from Atlanta? Because I think that's what she said. Or was this, are they going to say this is like Dish Nation or something so they don't like address that they're actually taping a show? Oh, interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that, I mean, I could see both things happening because I think Nini can pretty hit pretty low. You know, I I don't think she's above getting someone completely fired from every sort of job they could have. But I, it, that would actually be really intense if that was the case, the Dish Nation situation. Mm. But I guess I guess I could see that happening now yeah. that you say it. They, they said in the, the promo, they said, oh, I've been getting a text from, from Phaedra. She wished me happy birthday, which is interesting because I looked up when they shot the show. They started in February for Cynthia Bailey's birthday, which is in February. And Portia's mm-hmm. birthday is in June. So they must have really had to dig back for these texts. And like, when did Atlanta end? That didn't end in June? I think, yeah, that sounds right. It ended over the summer. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they like waited. Oh, yeah, because then, because, yeah, the show ended airing, but when it stopped taping, but then the reunion incident happened, that was more real time. So I'm just, I like to play with timelines with this show because we're always led to believe all these things. Yeah, I like to think about like, you know, what's the truth about the time? I'm always like asking, like when Leanne was on After Buzz TV, I was asking her about the timeline of her engagement because the, not the OC fair, the, 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 te- the Texas State Fair only runs to like the end of October and she was engaged like weeks after Halloween. So I was like, hmm. So I like oh, to keep that's really good. Stuff. No, I like that. That I appreciate that because <laughs> I should be more of a sleuth like that. I just I didn't ever think about that kind of like you being being able to like tie up the timeline like that. But that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and well, yeah, I, I can't even take credit for it though because I write over for realityt.com and a commenter put that in the comments. So that was really her who called it out, and I appreciate her doing that because we we got a lot of good content out of that. <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, this is why the community is so great is because they notice things that you're like, oh, I did not even realize this. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of crazy that uh, is it is it Atlanta or New Jersey this season where they haven't finished filming yet and they're still just churning out episodes as they're going to edit as they come out. Was that, is that Atlanta? It was, but they just had they just shot their finale for Halloween. So they are done officially. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. They went yeah. from February to November. That's a lot of content. I mean, and the thing is, like, Atlanta, and you said this too, Atlanta has been pretty solid uh, lately. So I- I'm not... I'm not totally against that there's going to have they're going to have a lot to work with. I think that's probably better than just trying to force a storyline out of maybe like a 3 or 4 month shoot that they do sometimes on shows. Um I'm just I'm just hoping that it doesn't devolve into too much like nitty-gritty stuff we don't really care about and like a 25 episode season or something. Right. That's the whole thing I worry about with these shows, especially something like Beverly Hills. There's a lot of filler. OC, my God, OC's been filler up until about the Iceland trip, which was episode 16. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it's really sad, like how you have that kind of garbage. And then you have Dallas, which only lasted like eight episodes. And everything, I'm like, this was solid the, the, pretty much the way through. It really and, was. You know, I don't understand what, how these decisions are being made over there, but, you know. I guess. Well, we were we were lucky to get twelve because they only ordered ten from Dallas, but because they had such a good strong season, they put an additional two episodes because they said there was more content than they thought. So please don't underestimate these shows, you know, or don't overestimate them either. <laughs> oh, I know because it's like I don't they they put so much effort into things that I don't understand why. I don't know if they want to just keep putting money on those horses that they think are going to last, like you know, like. Um, Jersey of the last couple seasons, I'm just like, ugh, okay, you know, you need to maybe not focus on this anymore because it's just not working. But uh, and then Orange County this season has been a nightmare, like you said. So I, I really hope that they just maybe start listening to the fans a lot more and say like, yeah, they really like Dallas and they want more of it. So maybe focus on that instead of yeah you know, tons of Orange County. Yeah, OC's demise did help Dallas because everyone was comparing the two. So that actually really did help them despite the numbers really not carrying over. And me, I'm still taking umbrage with the fact that uh, Dallas is a 10 o'clock show after OC. Like, no wonder why it's it's like, it's not suffering. It's just it could do better and it should do better. But where it's placed is not the best, the best, most advantageous time slot. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Anyway, Sheree was on Wendy, and um, she finished her basement. So that's what we got out of that interview. She was <laughs> very excited. I get. Can we say is Chateau Sheree done? Is it formally done? Like, can someone ask her? Like, did you hang every picture? Did you furnish every room? Did you landscape? Like, are you done? Like, I want to know. Like, what's the status? Yeah, no, for real. I mean, I've never been more paranoid about like when you're allowed to say a house is done than when this whole thing started with her and Manor Moore. Because I'm like, I mean, I oh. feel like my house is done, but maybe it's not. Like, <laughs> when do I know I'm completely like moved in? And like, do I have to have every frame in the right spot? Or like, I guess, you know, I, I think I got over that because I realized, well, you know, my, you know, I don't have scaffolding and you know like plastic hanging everywhere like i'm dexter or something like i i I, you know i'm just living here like a normal human being and i don't have to you know like guide people with like a traffic cone through my house and you're not like living out of boxes and like you know sleeping on an air mattress (laughs) no yeah exactly so So, i mean yeah i'm glad to hear that shit that she by sheree is all set up now so that's good (sighs) God, that whole thing. I know. So, yeah, that's it. So, I don't know what she has to bring to this season. I do like Sheree because I think she can be such a joke. But oh, she's, yeah. she's not like as she's not like a huge player, but I'm okay with her being on the show. Yeah, she's one that I used to like not think much about at all. She was good for drama, but I've enjoyed her more just because I don't 
really like Kenya or or anything about that situation. So I I always like somebody that kind of comes in and is like, I'll just make fun of this person. That that'll be my role this season. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, cool. I'm I'd with like you. to do that. I'd like to do that. Yeah, just yeah, throw some know, parties, show up to some nice events, and just make fun of people. <laughs> Absolutely. I would, yeah. Could you imagine if we got paid for that? That would be the best job in the world. Oh my god, I would love to do that. <sighs> Anyway, let's talk about it. Let's talk about being a friend of, because that's what we want to be. So I want to talk about your podcast, Friend of the Real House, Friends of the Real Housewives. So what is the show and where can we find it? So the show is, um, <laughs> it's called Friends of the Real Housewives, as you said. Uh, and it's um, a name that I haphazardly threw together, but it's been pretty good for us because people search housewives and it's just in the name, which is nice. Um, but it's myself and my friend Joe, um, who... We have a very um, kind of interesting relationship because years ago I wrote, started writing for a horror movie website called Bloody Good Horror, and Joe was on the podcast. He was one of the hosts. Um, there's like five people that host that show. And um, so I kind of got to know people just as being a writer. And he was always one that when I would listen to the show, I would think, oh, he seems really intense and he's like very dry humor and I don't know how to like keep up with him. Um and uh, just kind of a dude, you know, just mm -hmm. like the epitome of a dude is, is what I would always call him. But uh, when I started writing there, he, I, I would occasionally share housewife stuff. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I love the housewives, which just blew me away because um, I guess him and his wife, they watch it constantly. And so we just kind of grew closer together after realizing that about each other. And then we became really good friends. And one day I just said, like, hey, why don't we just do a podcast like there's no reason we can't. And right. he was super down for it. So, uh, yeah, we've been going strong, um, over almost two years now. And, uh, yeah, it, we have a blast. We talk about, um, Bravo shows, but specifically housewives, whatever's on, we always watch it and talk about it. Um, and then we'll touch on things like flipping out or Vanderpump rules. Um, Southern charm is a big one we do too. And then, uh, you know, we like to have interviews. So we've had Leanne Locken on, um, I think my next one is hopefully going to be Camille Grammer just because, oh. uh, she's one that we love. And then I'm trying to get, um, some of the big, some of the really big players, uh, from shows like, uh, maybe, uh, Tamara from Orange County or Lisa from Beverly Hills. So, um, yeah, we, we just have a blast and we talk a lot about food and Michael McDonald for some reason is a big topic. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and we just, we just have a really good time. It's a lot of fun. That's great. So, uh, people can find it just, uh, either through iTunes, uh, you just can search friends of the real housewives. Uh, you can also go on stitcher radio. If you use um, an Android device, uh, you can use stitcher, and, um, yeah, we, we love to have more people come in. We love to talk to, to new listeners. We read people's questions and answers, uh, every week on the show. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like, we like to have like a nice community feeling out of it. I get that feeling. In fact, it was inspiring to me at the edge where you have the question and then you all read the, the answers from the previous week or input that you received throughout the week and you credit who sent you what articles. And that's great stuff. I mean, that really is. And it makes it feel like, you know, everyone's really involved. It's, it's something I'd like to do more with this show as I am trying to make it a little bit more interactive. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, if you think about, you have to always kind of approach these things as a fan yourself. And mm -hmm. for me, like, I love knowing that, you know, it's, it's fun to be like, Oh, like this podcast host knows who I am. Or they, you know, they responded to my tweet and, you know, like, you know, we're not celebrities, so no. we don't have, we don't get to have that, like, Oh, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but thank you. You know, that kind of attitude. Right. 
So I would love for people to feel comfortable to kind of say like, I've let people message me privately on, in, on Twitter that are listeners and I'll talk to them for a long time Same. because I just don't, you know, I don't see the reason why not to, because like you said, you can get really great information from them and some tips and some gossip and it's fun to share that and make them feel like they're, you know, part of it. And it's just good business, I think too, because even in like when I worked years ago in retail, like if you can make a connection with people that keeps them coming back and that keeps them a satisfied customer, you know, it's to sound not to sound like, uh, it's like totally degrading in a business, right, but right. you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's, well, it's, you want cool to keep to everyone engaged. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would hate to have like lapsed listeners like, because I feel like, yeah, we all are on the same page. Like you and I, we vibe over these things. And so to people listening in their car or the gym or wherever they are right now. And, you know, it's, it's great to be able to vibe about the, you know, what we enjoy. So I don't want to lose that, you know, so you build relationships. Absolutely. And that's, I think we, Joe and I have talked a lot about this too, that, you know, we, we kind of came out right when bitch sesh was a big thing too. And we kind of felt like very overshadowed. And oh, totally. I was even, I was trying to do a housewife show through EW, um, mm. just using different people that I knew in the office. But because bitch sesh was such a big deal, they were, I was kind of constantly hitting a roadblock by my, you know, higher ups that like it wouldn't work because nobody would listen to another show kind of thing. Um, which I don't really agree with, but, uh, no, I we don't, ended up, I don't agree yeah. with that at all because it's all about personalities. Like, you know, if, if someone doesn't enjoy their personality, then they're not going to listen to it and they'll go to someone else who they do enjoy and hear about the same topics over there. Well, and know, I think going, going back to what you and I talk about too, about it's really important for each, for each shows to help each other. I most know most listeners that I talk to and even for myself, they love listening to more than one recap show or more than one, you know, uh, yeah. show about housewives or Bravo or reality TV, because you want those different perspectives and you want to have people that are going to give you different opinions and you're not just going to listen to the one person you may or may not like. Um, so it's, it was kind of ridiculous to me that, you know, I, I, I think from a business standpoint, I understand what they were saying. Cause they ended up doing like a whole, like, uh, four page spread about the show in one of the magazines and they were part of a, an event we had. And that's, that's a whole other story. But, um, I just kind of felt like there was always these blocks around that show. But then thankfully I feel like we've kind of broken out away from that as a comparison mm -hmm. and have become our own thing. And that's all I really care about. And I think what's important is we've had a lot of listeners come and say like, Oh, I used to love that show, but the community got so toxic and people were always fighting on the groups and, you know, like it was yeah. a kind of a witch hunt all the time. So I'm like, please come here. We're not going to attack you. We're not going to let anybody attack each other and we're just going to have fun. And so exactly. that's what we, that's yeah. what we strive for, you know? Right. So, so in addition to the podcasting world and contributing there, um, I want to talk to you a little bit more about what you do out here in LA with regards to writing and the electronic gaming monthly publication that you work on. Tell me a little bit about more about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm a writer right now for, like you said, electronic gaming monthly. Um, we're just called EGM now online. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a video game publication. Uh, and I'm a news writer. I just do daily news for them. And then I also do reviews of games and then interviews and, you know, go to events and stuff. Um, which has been, it's a lot of fun. I, you know, to kind of explain why I'm there, uh, takes a very long story, but basically, um, when I was in, when I was coming out of college, I interned at the Hollywood Reporter and uh, was really focused on becoming a movie movie critic. And 
uh, I, you know, kind of busted my butt there and, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good experience. I have some horror stories that I have yet to share publicly, but I definitely will sometime. Um, and, uh, but I met some really great people and from there got a job at entertainment weekly as, as part of the news team and did daily news for them as well. And then ended up doing recaps of shows while I was there too. Um, I did New Jersey housewives last season actually, um, and I was, you know, I think my bosses and people figured out very quickly that I loved Bravo. And then anytime we had video game content, I would do that stuff too, because that was sort of something I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I loved doing general entertainment news, but I, I kind of ultimately realized that my own personal skills, at least for right now, I feel are better in the video game world just because I think there's a lot happening right now. I mean, I think after Gamergate um, uh, and, and just kind of the movement of feminism within the, within that industry, it's an interesting time to be there and to, to comment on what's happening. And I just didn't see a lot of people with my perspective or my voice within the community. So I thought, you know, this is the time to kind of go there and step out and try to, you know, make a name for myself. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I've really enjoyed getting to, uh, do that lately. Um, I'm, I'm still not totally sure if this is the field completely for me. Uh, I, I love writing, but I've always wanted to, um, parlay that into writing stories and, and, you know, either scripts or books. And, um, I'm slowly been doing that, uh, and trying to push those out and see if it makes any traction. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm in that weird transition of life right now where I feel like I'm trying to figure out, uh, what exactly I want to be doing, you know, as they say, when I grow up, but I mean, I'm already pretty old, so I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it sounds like a good move though, that you made with focusing on the gaming world, since that's something that you're extra passionate about and you are knowledgeable and it makes sense. Like, I think it's a good move for now, you know? So We'll have to just you know see what's what's next, but I think that's I think it was a good, probably a good move, especially with entertainment journalism taking a different turn and and not really what it once was. It's not prioritized really anymore. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of changes just in my little neck of the woods. So I think it was probably a smart move. Yeah, I mean, no, I appreciate that. Um, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have anything negative to say. Um, I actually like really quickly like. I know that there's been a lot of conversations lately about people in power being just like totally abusive of that and, you know, not feeling safe in certain areas. But I had a really great experience at Entertainment Weekly. Like, I don't really have anything bad to say. Um, Their editor in chief, who actually hired me, um, I originally was hired to be his assistant and moved to New York, and I was super ready for that. But I had some things come up here that I just couldn't really avoid. And, um, he very nicely offered me a, like a writing job here in the LA office. And that was for somebody who's coming right out of an internship and not that long out of college. Like that was huge. And, you know, he was an amazing influence on me and took a huge chance on me and I will never forget that. And so I just want to give him some, some credit and some thanks yeah. for, for Shout doing out that. to him. That is incredibly rare. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah. It, I was, I was shocked. I kept waiting for like something creepy to happen. Like, what do you want from me? Kind of thing. But he's right. been nothing but amazing. And like, I still talk to him now, even though I don't work there and it's, he's, he's a great guy. And so every, everybody, you know, 
I, I know a lot of people read EW, but like, please continue to do so yeah. <laughs> when you want to. So no, it's especially like you said in this day and age, all of these negative things in the press about these powers that be and all this. Like, it is nice that there are people who are in positions where they, you know, value people. He clearly saw the value in you and worked with you no matter what. And you know, it's with. I feel like nowadays it's so easy to write somebody off. Oh, they can't do it. Okay, never mind. Like people are so disposable. But yeah, shout out to him because I don't see that happening in, in my neck of the woods. So shout oh, out to yeah. him. It's no, tough out there. You. you know, it's tough out there. So a good executive is a really good thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I, I had a, I had a, not a boss, but I had a person above me at THR that I had a huge problem with, um, that like, I will never, <laughs> I will never work with them. I will never talk to them. It was awful. And so I, you know, I kind of came from that thinking like, okay, here it is. This is what everyone's always talked about and expecting that to happen constantly moving forward. But I've been very lucky in the sense that it hasn't happened a lot to me. Um, but I definitely do see it sadly. So yeah. it's, you know. Oh, it exists. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Anyway, well, I want you all to check out Evan's podcast with Joe. And if you want to give a sample, you can listen to the episode that I'm on. And um, I want to promote anything else that you would like to promote. Where can we find you? What do you want to talk about? What's out there? Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> I'm very simple in the sense that all of my social medias, I have the same username and it's just Evan Sleed, just all one word. Um, I'm, I'm, was able to do that. I was glad. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, so I'm very active on Twitter. I love Twitter so much. I wish more people talk to me on Twitter. It kind of drives me nuts that I'm always like, stop finding me on Facebook, find me on Twitter and talk to me on that. Cause I don't like using Facebook. <laughs> oh, I've so, got a great Twitter audience. I will say like they, they are, my audience is very Twitter plugged in. So hopefully y'all will go and follow Evan. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I think I've seen a lot of things through you because now I follow you. You'll like retweet people or you'll just like, you know, threads will pop up of your conversations and stuff on my newsfeed. And I'm always like, Oh, that's awesome. And then I'll go, Oh my gosh, this is just grant talking to somebody. <laughs> so like, it's very helpful. So I love, oh, I love you. when people just reach out and are like, Hey, did you hear about this? And so like the more, the merrier, I'm very friendly and I will always reply back or, you know, at least let you know that I saw it or something. So, um, yeah, you can just find me on Twitter at Evan Sleed. Um, I have an Instagram with the same thing, but I use it mostly to put pictures of like food. I'm like that guy, oh, you're but like, all food. I know I worked with one guy, his whole Instagram was every meal he ate. Yo, yeah, I'm not, not that bad. Not one like, picture of, not one photo of him, his family, his house, only the food he ate. <laughs> Actually, I do. Okay, so I will, in my defense, I do post pictures of myself now because, really quick, stupid story. One of our listeners, like, was very upset with me because they went on my Instagram and I had no pictures of myself. And it was weird. Like, I was just kind of laughed it off, but they were, like, legitimately upset about it. And uh, they thought it, said I was being dishonest because I wasn't showing pictures of myself. And I was oh. like, uh, that's kind of my choice. But I started doing that. And I was like, OK, look, see, it's I'm me. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I now have a more well-rounded repertoire of photos on my Instagram, if that <laughs> <laughs> sounds better. But 
Um, yeah, so those are the two places I would say are like the best way to to chat with me if you feel like it. Sounds good. Well, thanks for coming on. We got we talked about everything from the depths of Scientology to the idiots on, on the Jersey Shore or or Alabama Shore, what a Florida Shore, <laughs> some stupid location. <laughs> We've really covered uh, the gambit of reality TV and more. So thank you for chatting with us. And as always, check out the rants for future episodes. You know, I'm doing the recap cap over here for new jersey so if you want to check that out they're part of the feed i love you for listening we'll be back with more rants we're done please leave i'm asking you to leave all right heather we're out of here thank you very much evan thank you thank you bye bye this has been grant's rants support the rants on patreon follow us on twitter at it's grant's rants Cover art created by Howie Rone. Voiceover by Aw Yeah. Original theme music composed by Alexander Arntzen. The Grand Michael Collection. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.